Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Okay, let's get down and get ready and get going with the opening drive. All right, so Hallis Hall this week has been the place to be uh, for, I don't want to say controversy, Dan, but the dominant storyline. Really, the story that threatens to hijack Matt Eberflus's first NFL training camp has been the Roquan Smith contract impasse. He has been a holdout. He has been on the pup list. The Bears removed him from the pup list. He did not practice today. Matt Eberflus, this is Thursday as we talk about it. He was awkward in the way he described it, said, ask Roquan. Roquan's not available. Imagine that because the Bears don't make him such. How would you describe just the effect this has been in limiting the amount of momentum you can feel because of everything going and surrounding the Roquan Smith matter? Well, this week there were developments, right? We had two weeks of sort of behind the scenes nothing. Roquan's sitting on the physically in the middle of the perform list, not practicing. The contract negotiations are going on behind the scenes. It's just quiet, quiet, quiet. And then Roquan decides to kick open the front door and let everybody in and, and, and issue a lengthy statement via national NFL insider Ian Rappaport requesting a trade, right? Was it a trade demand? No, it was a trade request. And it was a lengthy sort of emotional plea that, in my opinion, David, was an effort to publicly challenge a front office regime that hasn't accomplished anything yet. Right. And and to put them on center stage in front of the masses and say, here's my demands. How are you going to handle this? Now, with that comes the other side of the story. The Bears have the opportunity to punch back. Right. And they're not just going to stand there and let Roquan Smith throw them under the bus and say everything's okay. And so Ryan Poles comes out at the Family Fest on Tuesday and addresses the statement. And then the following day, he removes Roquan from the physically unable perform list. Matt Eberflus comes out and says, Roquan is 100% healthy, cleared by our medical staff to practice, and he is deciding not to practice. Why? You'll have to ask Roquan. Well, guess what? The Bears have a policy that you can't ask Roquan why he's not practicing because their policy says that players who aren't practicing don't have to talk. So here we are in this crazy limbo period, but there is a huge, huge bridge that needs to be built to get these two sides to meet back in the middle. And not only did, did uh, Roquan not make any efforts to, to uh, uh, make that bridge uh, meet in the middle, but I, I think he took out a lighter and burnt down some of the guard ropes on both sides of the bridge to, to, to try and get this thing to, to a, a resolution. And now they've got more business on their hands. And again, trying to find a resolution is the number one order of business for Matty Rufus and Ryan Poles. Dan, there's a lot of minutia that sometimes we can get caught up in as reporters and w- looking at who says what, when, and what it means. I guess, big picture, let's zoom out for a moment. 
I think that with Roquan Smith not having an agent, it surprised me when he went yeah. public with his trade demand via the NFL Network and Ian Rappaport. I thought that that was arguably pretty shrewd to do because it put the Bears on their heels. And you have said, son, not famously, but I think uh, accurately that sometimes, you know, that's how the Bears live at Hallisall, on their Flat-footed. heels. Flat-footed. <laughs> Flat-footed is the way you put it. Well put. So then I think that, okay, that was, was interesting. But now that the Bears did what they did, and I don't know if it is entirely related to the contract impasse, they removed from, from Pup. He is ready and physically able to practice. Now he's got to make a move. I think that this is where not having an agent might hurt Roquan Smith the most. I think there needs to be an adult in the room. I think they need to kind of encourage Roquan to strike a compromised position from a contract that we don't know a lot about its structure, but from what we do know from, I guess, reports or people talking about its size is not disrespectful or as disrespectful as his notes message to Ian Rappaport represented. And I think that now you need an outside independent source, an impartial source, if you will, to say to Roquan, Roquan Smith, you are one of the top five or 10 linebackers in the National Football League. You're going to be paid accordingly. This is a security you have earned. Take the deal, strike a compromise, get in camp. So I have a couple thoughts in response to that. The first one being that the removal of Roquan from PUP, the educated guest tells you that this allows the Bears to exercise more options in possibly disciplining Roquan for missing future practices and future preseason games that they want him to play in. Matt Eberflus would not tell us as the new head coach what his method of discipline was going to be. He said in this case, that was going to be up to the front office, which tells you monetary fines would certainly be in the discussion. Not that the Bears are going to to levy them, but certainly they're able to threaten them, right? And if Roquan's going to send out his statement to, to, to social media via the NFL network and play that game, well, they can say, listen, now we've got the opportunity to use our leverage, which is one, threatening fines, which is two, you're under contract until March. And if you don't play this regular season, we've got the ability to take game checks from you starting in week one, which is I believe starts on September 5th this year, right? So we're 20 some days away from the point where Roquan will start losing serious money, right? And not being able to um, collect his paycheck, right? On a $9.4 million salary for, living. for 2022, which yeah. is pretty important. And so, so that leverage that the Bears have is pretty powerful. Now, neither side wants this to become a leverage game, right? And a blank measuring contest where it's like, oh yeah, you're going to do that? Well, I'm going to do this. Once you start trading punches like that, you're, you're, you're in big trouble, particularly for a guy that the front office and the coaching staff believes can be a big part of their defense. They've expressed that since the day they got here. Roquan wants to be paid as the highest paid inside linebacker, from what we understand, in the history of football. And my argument against that is, listen, if you want to be paid at that level, even though NFL dynamics say sometimes the next guy up gets the highest contract, you should be the undisputed star at your position. You just said it a minute ago. He's one of the five or 10 best inside linebackers in the league. Okay, that's not the best. And so you have to, as a player, and maybe an agent would help with this, understand where you sit on that totem pole and adjust your expectations accordingly. There may be some difficulty from Roquan Smith's side in understanding exactly how he fits in this league and maybe his self-worth is a little bit higher than the way the rest of the league values him. That's the value of an agent to yes. have 
the, the presence of mind to project and to understand the marketplace when you are surrounded by people who are your family or friends or confidants. I don't know if there's anybody in that room that's going to tell Roquan Smith, you know what? Shaq Leonard has a $98 million contract because of the way that he has created turnovers. Yes. It may be great to have uh, tackles for loss and make plays behind the line of scrimmage, but if you're not creating turnovers, you're not creating revenue because essentially it comes down to that. And that's where I think we might be with this impasse is that Roquan Smith wants to be paid more than Fred Warner, more than Shaq Leonard. And I don't know as much as he is next. And that's the way it works in the NFL, oddly, lately. I don't know if the Bears have to bend to that because there is a compromised position. Tell me this, knowing the way you know the Bears front office and the way it works, Cliff Stein being back involved. He's a veteran. Heck, I remember talking to Cliff Stein about Cedric Benson's holdout. That's how far back I can remember this deal going. That was 2005. Does that give you confidence? Does that matter? Do you think that makes you think he's more likely to be signed than traded? Well, it's Cliff Stein and it's Matt Feinstein, who, who Ryan Poles brought with him to help handle some of these contract negotiation things. And remember, Cliff was outside of the contract negotiation business for the Bears through the entire Ryan Pace era, right? Ryan Pace brought in his own guy, Joey Lane, to handle those things. And so Cliff has been out of this game for a little while and the league has changed and the players in within the league have changed in terms of what they're doing. And so that's a, another thing to consider just as they try to kind of navigate this and, and, and do this dance. My feeling is that Roquan will ultimately sign with the bears because of what I just talked about with the leverage that the bears have. Eventually you say, boy, do I want to collect my money and, and, and pay and we can figure this out up the road or, you know, do, do, do I play out my contract this year and then, and then hit free agency like, like Alan Robinson did. And then Allen Robinson played on the franchise tag, and then Allen Robinson ultimately left for the Rams, right? But so right. there's a couple other things that you brought up that I think are interesting. And I had a, a front office person elsewhere in the league say to me this week that Roquan Smith is capable of making drive-changing plays. What the Bears need him to be is a superstar who makes game-changing plays, right? And there's a big difference, right, yeah, between, yeah. between stopping a drive and winning a game. And I think back to week two of last year, and Roquan – in the fourth quarter of a tight game against the eventual AFC champion Bengals, picks off a pass and goes to the end zone with a pick six. And I remember at the time writing in a column, this is exactly the type of contributions that the Bears expect out of Roquan Smith and that Roquan Smith needs to make to make that leap to the elite level of linebacker in the NFL. Well, guess what, David? If we sat here right now, we could ask Bears fans and studs and whoever else to make their list off the top of their head of the six signature moments in Roquan Smith's career, I'm not sure anyone gets past the pick six against the Bengals because there haven't been those game-winning moments. There haven't been those plays where you go, I'm going to stop everything I'm doing and, and text this to my buddy so that he sees it, right? It, it, he's a really good player, but the stars blow up your phone, right? They, they change YouTube highlight reels. And Roquan Smith, I don't think, is in that category yet. I think that's a fair point, and that, you can't really argue with that. Before we move on to our next segment, I, I want to ask you one last thing. So you're Ryan Poles. You're, you don't want to set a precedent in buckling to a player and his demands. At the same time, you, you want to create the best roster possible to win, maybe not this year, but down the road. Roquan Smith's a 25-year-old linebacker. Yeah. Everything you said is valid, and I think it's true. But he's also 25, Dan, and he could be in his prime in three or four years still – when you are ready to be good. So I wonder this, you do have in your back pocket, if you're Ryan Poles, he's got a year to go in his final contract, making $9 million. You have the franchise tag, which will make him, I think, $18 million 
in 2023 if you choose to do that right now. Is that a direction you think this could be headed if they can't reach an agreement? The, 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 you know, the question is, is, is Roquan Smith a top shelf player at a top shelf position? Right. And I think the, the, the questions around the league are, I don't know. Right. Like when's the last time that you saw Will Linebacker be the engine of a Super Bowl run? Right. And so I think the Bears believe that Roquan can be a helpful piece to winning a championship. I don't think they think he's an engine to winning a Super Bowl. And so now you have to adjust accordingly. And so Ryan Poles now his ideal world scenario in March when we talked to him at the owner meeting was to hopefully reward Roquan Smith, but also to maybe get a chance to watch him play in this system and see how ultimately productive he could be and how much he could raise his game, playing in a defense that is going to allow him to, to run around and make plays and potentially create the takeaways that have been missing in his career. Now you have to change your, 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 your method if you're the GM because you're now in a conflict that, to your point, you can't allow to drag out because now it becomes precedent not only in – the way you run your front office, but other people looking from the outside in going, boy, they had a homegrown star in there and they messed it up, right? Why am I going to have my player, player X, player Y, player Z come sign big money there if this is the way they treat their guys there, right? And so there's there's a lot that goes into it. I do think that, that again, as we've talked about through this episode, Ryan Poles has the ultimate leverage right now because of the contract expiring in March, because of what Roquan's due to make this year. And so now it's a matter of exercising that in a way that's firm with Roquan, but that doesn't pour more gasoline on a fire that's obviously burning. And it's burning brighter this week than it was burning last week. And the Bears can't afford for that fire to intensify because otherwise everything else they're doing is going to be overshadowed by the smoke that's coming up from, from this thing that should have been handled much more gracefully and much more quickly than it has been. And if all that blows up in the Bears' face, we will be here to talk about it. Definitely. It. We will be here to cover it. And we will continue to monitor that because that is, as we started out the segment, the biggest story of preseason bigger than Justin Fields right now, not overall, bigger than Tevin Jenkins and bigger than any new coach or general manager. You got to get your best player under contract or figure out what direction you're going to go. 